What's up, everybody? This is the S3 Podcast. I'm Wooly. The dude in the legalized shirt drinking booze is Mike Sanders. Um, yeah, okay, so, you know, I was reading through the news, uh, what was it, yesterday, and uh, this time it's not Ford. It's, um, it's uh, GM with the Hummer brand specifically. They had to raise their price on the Hummer $6,250, so roughly $6,200. Um, they said that they've been holding out trying to do that, but see these EVs now, and and we called this, like they're getting to, a, the whole world is experiencing inflation. So the cost of everything is going up. But in addition to that, the cost of EV related materials is going up on its own, separate and, and combined with inflation. So um, it's posing a real problem for all of these EVs and all of these promises that these EV manufacturers have made. Um, and it's making the cost go up. And, and so I'm trying to, to lead Mike to water, so to speak, here, because yesterday I mentioned that when we were talking at lunch and he went off on some you know, brilliant economics type speeches about why this is happening and what it's gonna cause and everything else. Um, but just to kind of set you up, they're not the first ones to do this. Obviously, if you've been listening to these, Ford has got its own like duffel bag of problems right now in the EV. You actually cannot buy, to my knowledge, a an EV Ford. No. Like the company not that's streaming that EV is the future, like the 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 Maki has been recalled. They said that you could still order it, but that's BS because when you go online, you cannot. Um, Sales for the Lightning have been cut for the year. So the only way you're getting one of those is if you go to a dealer and literally spend 100% markup. Those are going for $140,000 for a Ford pickup truck. And, and so, you know, Rivian had to raise the prices, I think it was back in February, like even more, like an absurd, like, like I think 20% or something on the Rivian truck, which um, made all the people that put in orders go apeshit because I think they tried to go back and say, hey, sorry, um, I know the car that you put the deposit on uh, was one price, but now it's 20% more. And then they had to walk that back. Was, it was really bad press and definite black eye. Um, and, and so they had to then say, oh, no, I mean, we're sorry, guys. We didn't mean for you guys, but for anybody going forward. So, like, now uh, GM is doing the same thing. For anybody that ordered their Hummer before the 18th of June, they get it for the original price, but anybody that orders now, um, it's $6,250 more, which makes the top of the line Hummer 117, I wrote it down, $117,500 for a Hummer that plugs in. You did the math on that a few minutes ago. What does that come out to in terms of loan? Okay, so yeah, we were just screwing around on like a car payment calculator. This is assuming no down payment and no trade-in, but we also assume 0% interest, which is not gonna happen. Um, and if you got a six-year loan, hold on, uh, a six-year loan came out to $1,600 a month that you're paying for an electric truck. And, and the games that they're gonna play now is like, oh, we can, we can bump that up to eight years, you know, and it'll bring your payments down. Okay, so an eight-year loan, you're spending $1,200 a month. Um, which in and of itself is a bad idea if, if you know, if, if yeah. that's just probably not that smart. And on top of that, 
you got to think about resale value. You got to think about what that Hummer is going to be worth in eight years when the battery has eight years on it. You also have to think of this vehicle in terms of electronics and less in terms of a vehicle because no matter what, the battery that's going in that car now is going to be obsolete in eight years when you pay that thing off. Um, so, so then looking forward, what is this going to do? When your vehicle is finally paid off and you spend $117,000 on it, and in just eight years, less than a decade, you go to trade that in, what is it going to be worth? And when is it going to be worth more as recycled parts than an actual vehicle? Um, you could sell it independently, but eight years from now, how much more are we going to know about EVs? Um, are EVs going to make it to a third owner? So is the second owner going to be like, look, I ain't spending that much on this thing because I got four years with it, you know, and then it, it's a brick, you know? So, um, there's just, a, you know, there's a whole lot of questions and issues that are going to be coming up in the next eight years. And I would caution you guys to start thinking about that. I've seen a lot of, of articles. I read a lot of the, the EV, you know, promoting um, uh, media outlets out there. And they're all talking about, well, you know, the cost of the cars is offset by the gas that you save. Well, horseshit. Like as a Jeep owner, I know that my Jeep after 10 years is going to be worth probably more than half of what I bought it for. And that was before prices got stupid. You know what I mean? Like literally I've had my Jeep for over six years and I can sell it today for more than I ever bought it for. Is that going to be the case? Well, hold on, hold on. Is that going to be the case with EVs? It's not. I, I think that resale value is going to plummet on these things. The resale value is probably going to be related to the resale value on your phone, <laughs> you know, like ratio wise. So anyway, what were you stopping me for? Oh, I was just going to say, you're, you're talking about a, a really strange market right now where the supply of cars is crazy low and the demand is as high as always. And if you look at any economic graph, you know that when supply is low and demand is high, price goes through the freaking roof. So that, that, that's the main reason why, you know, price on cars are a little bit ridiculous right now. Now, the stuff happening with EV cars specifically, that's a little bit different. That, that still also has a lot to do with what's happening there. It has a lot to do with inflation. It has a lot to do with the fact that these raw minerals that are needed to create the batteries and the electric motors, um, it, they're, they're harder to get. It's a dirtier job. It's becoming more and more expensive to get. We don't get them here in the U.S., so we have to import them from other countries. So when thinking about that, the, the ships that bring them over have become ridiculously expensive. These container ships, I brought in a container of machinery um, about a month ago. Oh, my God, dude. It was it was three, three full containers, three 40-foot containers. Now, if I would have done that pre-pandemic, um, three 40-foot containers coming from Italy, which is where this came from, would have cost me in total probably about $20,000 for the containers for the containers and the shipping and the tariffs and all that stuff, right? 20 grand, it's hard to stomach that, but you're getting all the goods and everything that's inside of it, so you make the money on the back end. Do you know how much it cost me to bring in those three containers this time around? $75,000 in just shipping cost. That, and that's what these guys are dealing with now. So all these parts, 
all these raw materials, all this stuff that you bring over containers is now astronomically higher than it was before. Um, on top of that, you know, these, these cancelable, cancelable orders that all of these automotive manufacturers are doing, especially with their trucks and stuff, I really think you're going to kind of end up biting them in the ass. If we're talking about financially speaking, I really do think it's going to bite them in the ass because I was looking at it and I was like, man, all these automotive companies over the past two years during the pandemic, when they were not able to make enough cars and they couldn't sell cars and couldn't even get them to the freaking dealer lots, somehow these guys are making record profits. How is that? What's going on here? Turns out a lot of that profit is coming from deposits on EVs. Um, well, just vehicles in general. Like Ford made an absolute boat ton of money off of people putting deposits down on the Bronco that they're still not delivering. And the thing is, it would it would actually help them a lot more if these were not cancelable contracts. But because they are, once they get that supply chain moving again and they start popping these vehicles out like crazy and people still think that they can walk away from it. Like we saw a statistic the other day that said that like what? A hundred percent of the people who had deposits on GM related EV trucks also had deposits on other EV vehicles um, just because they wanted to see who made it first. So obviously a third, if not a half of these, these uh, prepay contracts are going to get canceled, which means GM and Ford and whoever else are making these things are going to have to really, really, really rely on their dealer network to be like, hey, we thought we pre-sold this vehicle. Guy pulled out. You're close to where the car is right now. Can you please sell this thing? The dealer's going to get it. They're going to put their crazy markup on it. And it's just going to kind of be a, a big old mess. But the biggest thing is, like Ford, for example, they were saying that they, and this isn't all 100% confirmed yet. I'm just going off of what the CEO said. But he said that they didn't want their their dealers selling their EVs. Okay, so now we're saying for every contract that gets pulled, um, every one of those pre-orders where the person walks away, Ford now has to sit on that vehicle. And now they have to physically sit on it in Detroit. Okay, that's inventory. Inventory costs freaking money. Okay, just for it sitting there and having to be taken care of or, or whatever happens there, every day that that thing sits, the cost on that vehicle goes up and up and up. And let's not forget about inventory towards the end of the year. Whenever you do your end of the year inventory and you take a look at all of your assets that you have on hand, anything you have on hand on that, that big old spreadsheet at the end of the year, you got to pay taxes on, okay? Ford doesn't want to do that. At the end of the year, you want to basically be net neutral. You want to be like up, everything leveled out. Um, we don't We don't need to pay taxes. Dude, you end up sitting you know, sitting there with like 40,000 vehicles that got canceled or something that you're just sitting there on. That's a number I just kind of pulled out of my ass. But that's a lot of time not to mention the fact that it's just money that you're just sitting on and is becoming more and more expensive. Anyway, the fact is all this stuff added together on top of the fact that it's brand new technology that we're still learning about. These things are going to become more and more expensive and they're already hilariously expensive. I mean, the most the most economical EVs are still like what high thirty, low forty thousand dollar vehicles, and they're the ones that are not sought after. They're cars that like you probably do not want. Um, I mean, to get into an EV that I would even consider to be a decent car, it's gonna be freaking seventy, eighty thousand dollars minimum. 
now we're getting up into the territory where like 10 years ago, people were buying their homes for that kind of price. So we're talking like mortgage money for cars, not only just cars, but cars that are not proven yet to last a long time. They might, I don't know, I'm not saying they will, but I do know that, you know, the most, the, the only thing I can really compare them to is cell phones and cell phones don't hold their value very long, you know? Yeah. And think about that eight year time period where you were talking about for a loan. Eight years ago, a lot of people were still rocking flip phones. Now we're on like the freaking iPhone 13. Um, so technology moves fast, man. I don't know. You got a good point there. I don't know how how well the resale market's going to work for these things. Yeah. I, well, let me think about this. Like tech guys think differently. They want the newest tech. Car people think in terms of resale value. Um a $60,000, like, let's say a, a, a $65,000 Tesla or whatever, like a, a Model 3 or something like that, $60,000. Like, what is that going to be worth in eight years compared to a tried and true Jeep Wrangler or a Toyota Tacoma? See, the tech guys, the guys that are, are, are saying that this is the future right now, they're not thinking in terms of that. They're thinking in terms of like, it's the future because it's, it, it uses less gas. And so we're going to save money on that. And it's green and it's got the biggest screens and, it, and I can summon it to me from my cell phone. Like that's what they think is cool. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know, man. I had a bunch of thoughts. I got to go back and walk back while you were talking. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's just a confusing situation. This is kind of a situation of you reap what you sow um, little by little in the past, whatever, couple of decades. The big three, you know, like especially GM, Ford, Dodge, those guys, they've been farming more and more of this stuff out to other countries. Their cars are becoming less and less American. And and they've been getting away with it. The whole world has been, you know, the country has been getting away with it. But mm -hmm. Corona... And, and the way life has gone since then with the supply chain issues has really shown us what can happen when, when we do this. And when we're not kind of, when these companies are not kind of self-sufficient, you know what I mean? Um, so the EV game is just making that exponentially worse. Um, the raw materials are coming from Africa in a lot of cases. The, China is the one that's got the stronghold on this stuff. China? does not play fair when it comes to business. I mean, can we just agree on that, right? Like they're gonna use their position of power now. And I, I truly think they are using their position of power right now. And it just hasn't like broken the news cycle. But what I think is going on is China is saying, we're in control of what everybody wants, but why sell it to them? Because we want to enter and dominate the car game in this transitionary period, while everybody is talking about EV as the future, there is a window to strike and we are in the perfect actional position to do this. We hold all the cards right now. So I don't think they're interested in selling GM a metric shit ton of raw materials for their 9,000 pound hummers to be on the street. I think they're going, screw you if you want it, Here's your price. Oh, and by the way, it's going up. And by the way, it's going to go up next month, too, because fuck y'all. We're working on our own cars. We want to take over the automotive industry. While you guys are talking about EV as the future, we agree with you, but it's not going to be your EVs. 
it's going to be our EVs. Um, so I think that there's a lot of that going on and, and it doesn't bode well for the future of EV, man. I think that there's going to be a lot of people kind of holding worthless freaking cars. I, you know, I was talking to uh, a dude, um, he owns a company and they, uh, they, they convert cars. So you can bring them any car, old cars, like internal combustion engine cars, and they will convert it to EV for you. And so I ended up talking to him for like an hour and a half, just picking his brain about just, you know, firing off random questions. And I was like, do you think that this can sustain? I mean, Tesla can do what Tesla does because Tesla makes up a very small sliver of the market. Yes, it's growing, but it's still very small. But but when every other car manufacturer is now trying to be Tesla, and so we've gone from like a 5% slice of the pie to like a you know 80 percent slice of the pie can we sustain ev and he was like dude aside from the grid and take all of that out of the equation he said we are going to have to get very smart in how we recycle this stuff um he was like it can't sustain without that like we have to be able to take these minerals or whatever the hell out of these ev batteries and then you know recycle them into the next generation you know and all that kind of stuff um, so I don't, you know, I, I just don't know if this stuff is gonna sustain. It's just, it's a really, it's a really weird time. Do you think that even the, the upper middle class of Americans, are they ready to spend 70 to $120,000 on an EV? I don't, I, you know, I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the frustrating thing is, if we had made our American cars in America, they probably would not be EV right now, but they would be what people want because most people don't want EVs. And the price would probably be cheaper for stuff that's literally made here, giving American car companies strength rather than these things that are, you know, it's like you said, where. We're doing all the fancy, pretty American EV marketing stuff here, and all the real ugly stuff is going on overseas. Yeah. And I just think it's going to bite these guys in the ass, man. I mean, they're not playing with well, companies that are their, they're not playing with countries that are their friends. With these press releases coming out, with these, I mean, I feel like we're seeing one of these every single day almost of, of you know, these car manufacturers having to increase the prices pretty substantially. Of their vehicles i think it's already biting them in the ass you know there's just too many factors working against them if the economy was still super strong and inflation was not a massive problem uh, I, I don't think this would be quite as big of news but right now they have like literally everything going wrong at the exact same moment yes jonathan <laughs> well that it reminds me of something else i wanted to say and it slipped my mind when we when all these companies were taking these deposits, it was, you know, two to three years ago. Remember what was happening two years ago? We were in the middle of Corona, but everybody was bragging about how their business was doing better than ever. Mm. Now their business more than likely is not. Um, and even if it is, their costs are going up. Uh, it, things are, are less confident and secure. So all these deposits were put on these EVs. And in a lot of cases, like that study that you mentioned where they, now granted, they only studied 200 people, but 
of these 200 people had put deposits on the Ford Lightning and a competitor. Like, I don't remember if it was Rivian or GM, but people two years ago were putting deposits on every electric truck that was possibly being made. And the game is, I'm gonna take the first one that comes out and the one that seems to be the best, and then I'll get my money back on the other ones. Okay, so that's already bad because you have three to four companies that think that they're selling 70,000 EV trucks as soon as they come out. And it's gonna be more like 20 at best. And there's a real rush to market because the first one's gonna get the vast majority of it. And the other two or three that come in late are just gonna get the scraps that are left over. But on top of that now, we have the fact that people are not in the same economic place now when these cars are finally starting to come out. And by the way, they're still not coming out. We're talking like they are, but they're still fairy dust. <laughs> like you cannot go buy a Lightning right now. You cannot go buy a Rivian right now. You cannot go buy a, a Hummer right now, at least not easily without paying huge markups. So now when they come back around and they go, hey, so you know we're ready to get started on your car finally, and, and we need that $2,000 now, and that one's non-refundable, or we need the $3,000 to go ahead and get your order processed so you can really pick your color and everything, people are going to be like, yo, no, I'm out. Like, I can't, I can't do it now. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that these, these companies are, uh, they're screwed. I don't see this working. I really don't see this working the way that it's set up right now. They're too expensive, they're unavailable, and we're slipping into a recession. You're going to go buy a $100,000 EV to save money on gas? I mean, dude, gas does suck. I'll give you that. But the answer is not a hundred. The answer is not a $1,600 a month car payment unless you're trying to, unless you're a contractor and you're trying to spend your profit so you can write that stuff off. This makes no sense. Yes, Mike. Not only that, but you were talking about earlier the car payments and everything from $1,600 to $1,200 and everything. And we were doing that calculation with 0% interest. Well, anybody who's been paying attention to the news cycle knows that the Federal Reserve, which is basically the bank of the United States, they print all of our money and they put all of our dollars into circulation. They raised interest rates again. And it was the largest raise uh, since like what, 1984? It was three quarters. 94. Of a, 94, I'm sorry. It was like 30 years, yeah. Yeah, it was it was um, three quarters of a percentage point. And that's already, I think, either the third or the fourth raise that they've done this year. And they've got more coming. So now a lot of those people, when they put those deposits down, it was a year or two ago and business was great and interest rates were at historic lows. You could you could go and get your your loan for the car at like three percent. Well, now the car has gone up substantially in price. And on top of that, you're going to be paying like five, six, seven percent interest thing. That is a huge difference. I mean, that over over just a monthly uh, payment and the life of the loan, you're going to pay way more money for these things, and that's going to make a lot of people drop out and cancel their uh, their bids for the cars too. Yeah, I don't get it. And GM, GM was the one. You know, that Mary girl that's the CEO or whatever over there was bragging about how they're going to bring affordable EVs to people, essentially to make the Model T of EVs or whatever. And their introduction is a $117,000 Hummer. <laughs> it's Super just, affordable. Thank the, you. The thing is, you know, and they, they 
they tried with the bolt. And I think that was one of the biggest recalls in automotive history because they were burning down. And if you guys don't know, electric vehicle fires are very, 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 very intense. They'll burn down the car and everything freaking around it within a block. It's ridiculous. There, there was an entire container ship that got burnt to the ground recently because an EV caught on fire. In order to get the fire snuffed out of an EV, you basically have to either bury it in the ground or submerge it in water completely. That's pretty much the only way to I think get it takes like uh, it takes almost 40 times the amount of water to put out an EV from what I've, I've read or heard. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so, you know, GM is mind boggling because they, they did talk about how they're going to bring affordable EVs to everybody. And that's going to be like how they succeed. And then, yeah, they're introducing Hummer EVs to the tune of $100,000 Cadillac EVs, which are right there with it. You know, it's just they're not doing what they say they're going to do. And now the ability to even do what they say they're going to do is just is, is, is going out of their grasp. I mean, the thought of an affordable EV is not going to be here when we're dealing with all of this inflation and shortages that we're dealing with. And I think when all of that dust settles, I'm telling you guys right now, I'll say it, China's gonna be the one holding the cards and China's gonna be like, I ain't worried about you and your affordable EVs, you know, like. I mean, we already know that China knocks everything off. Go to any trade show and you see them walking around basically with cell phones and just looking at product and, and seeing exactly how they can do it. Also, for years and years and years now, they've been trying to get into the automotive game, and they constantly come out with cars that look identical to other cars, you know, but now they're finally going to get to a point where they have a leg up on the competition. Mm -hmm. They're holding all the cards and all the chips in the poker game. Um, They, if they wanted to, and I'm not sure, you know, you, you seem a little bit more sold on it than I do, but I haven't really done that much research on it, but if they wanted to, this is a great time for them to strike and really become a major player in automotive manufacturing. I'm not sure if that's what they wanted to do. If it were me, I would make the play for it because it seems like it's just free money. 100%. That's what you would do, right? If that yeah. was your playbook, like that's it, that's what you do. It, I mean, I mean, yes, you can make money off of selling the batteries to a GM or a Ford, or you can take over the electric automotive industry. And electric vehicles are already very popular in China, um, more so, way more so than they are here. Uh, and people in China are buying Chinese EVs. So, it, you know, um, it, if we're not careful, that's the way that this is going to go. I'll go ahead and say it because this is the internet. And if I'm wrong, nobody will remember. And if I'm right, we can go back and dig this up one day. Um, yeah. I'm just, I, you know, Call it a hunch, man. I just we are we are are giving away all of our independence when it comes to manufacturing, and it's inevitable that it's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I mean, and if you combine that with the fact that you know our American auto manufacturers are so disgustingly out of touch with what people want. Uh, do people want EVs? Yes, some do. And it, depending on where you live, that can make a lot of sense. But like, it, they're just so hyper-focused on, on that 10%, you know, and now with the gas prices, they're trying to use that to push the agenda where all of their investment has gone into EV, you know, so they're trying to push it. But look at any 
I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a researcher. Go look online at any of these news stories and the way people are reacting. They don't want this stuff. And they damn sure don't want it for $117,000. It's not solving their problem. Their problem right now is, damn it, gas is expensive and this sucks and I need a truck. You know, I need a truck for work or something. Okay, so do you want $117,000 EV? No, that is not solving my problem in any way, shape or form. But they're, I mean, you know, it's no secret that they're out of touch. Yeah. So I don't know, man, you know, they need to make some changes or else we're going to keep doing podcasts like this one until it just gets really freaking ugly. I don't like doing negative podcasts, but damn it. It's all they're giving me. Just bad. To I know. Man. I was talking to my dad about that the other day. I was like, I, I feel bad because we are just these podcasts are coming off as so negative. And I was like, but it's not our fault. Like the automotive industry is bad. If yeah. you are a techie boy, this is a great time, you know, to be into cars if you're techie and you have a lot of money. But if you're a car enthusiast, th this is bad news. If you're, if you're just paying attention to the car industry, this is bad news. Never have I seen giants like this flounder, like they're floundering like right now and just making such obvious mistakes one after the, the other after the other um so so hell yes we're gonna talk about it uh for the record we would love to talk about great awesome things and trust me we're looking for them and we jump on them as soon as we find them but most of what's going on in the automotive industry and in this country is effing stupid it's dumb and it's bad and that doesn't make us negative that just makes us the carrier of the news which is breakers bad news yeah we're the breakers of bad news I, I feel like i said this on the last podcast but maybe i didn't so i'll just say it again now i remember growing up and really looking up to people who were hot like executives in business i always thought that ceos and cfos and and, and the such were like always the smartest people in the room and now I see these people and I see the decisions they make and I hear the things that they say. And I'm like, oh, my God. All you had to do is shut up. The CEO of Ford seems like a really smart guy. He keeps saying stupid things that get printed and get put on video. He is constantly putting him his foot in his mouth. <laughs> I, I, I feel like he's stand it. Yeah, I feel like he's like, he, I think he's a smart dude. And I feel like he's the kind of dude that some media guy goes to the bar with and he starts drinking and then he mm -hmm. starts talking. He's like, you know, hell, I, we, we got to get rid of our dealers. That's just the way it is. And they go, Life's going to be hard on them. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be brutal for these guys. And then they write it and he goes, true, but shut the hell up. Don't say it. <laughs> Yeah, I think the other problem, I mean, that's because you've gotten older now. So you can spot the bullshit better than you could. Um, you know, I just, we're at that age, dude. I wish we could go back to being 22 years old where all we cared about was the blow-up valve on our turbo eclipse. And, and car culture was that simple. But it's not that simple anymore. It, and, and we didn't do it. 
<laughs> you know, like, I, trust me, I wish we could go back to that. I wish I was buying a new Integra right now and it was a freaking coupe and it looked cool. Yeah. But that's another thing they just freaking biffed. <laughs> like, I mean, you don't have to be a genius to know that's not the Integra. No, no, this is not where, like, we, we get, we got to redesign this thing, but. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bad, accurate TL. <laughs> I, I do feel like the design part of making cars has taken a very weird turn where a lot of cars just look the same now. Back, like back in the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s, so many cars looked so unique. And you could tell that it was true car enthusiasts doing these renderings and, and doing the engineering and just making these uniquely beautiful, awesome machines. And now they're like, what's an EV supposed to look like? Easter egg. All right, cool. Let's make an Easter egg. And that's lunch, guys. Let's go. We designed the car. You know, it, I, but I, what they, they used to design, they used to design from here. Mm -hmm. And now they design from here. And they're going, let's look at the simulated wind tunnel. Okay, so if we change this, and therefore they all look the same. It's all the freaking same because they're designing for efficiency. They're not designing for passion. They're not designing from the heart. It's just efficiency couldn't care less because they're not listening none of these guys are listening to their heart none of these guys are building what they think is cool anymore they're building what they think people will buy and it's created this total out of touchness you can't make mediocrity for literally like a decade and a half and completely lose America's love affair with the car. And that's what they've done. They've made such uninspiring shit that Americans, teenagers, are no longer, they don't have a love affair with the automobile. That used to be like a staple. They've made appliances for too long and now they have lost generations. They kind of made their own bed there. They, I mean, they were the coolest industry in this country and they gave that up because they were just trying to make cars for people that didn't care about cars rather than to make cool cars and let people figure out that they're cool. You know what I mean? Like I've always said that, I, I, you know, you always hear people say things like, I mean, they got to make a profit at the end of the day. Fine, but have some balls. You know what I mean? Like you need to have enough just gumption as a company to say, we're a car company. We make cool shit. This thing that we made is cool. And if you can't see that, go to another car company where they make dumb stuff. But this is for people that understand. And nobody does that anymore. And, and like I said, they've kind of made their own bet. And now you got a nation that doesn't even want to drive. And they're trying to adapt to that. Good luck. Uh, it reminds me of car manufacturing in the 80s. That was just a terrible time for automotive manufacturing. Like There were very few and far between cars that were like, good or sought after made during the 80s. I disagree.